Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're talking Tigers football with Keith DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. Missouri, which I There is the state which I live in, which is called Missouri. It is called Missouri. Remix. I like the robot that comes in here in a second. Right there, yeah, that's production. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Balloon Party. That is the song Missouri will take the field to tomorrow at 11 o'clock sharp. Sold out for Oldfield. Jackson, will you be in attendance? I will not. What? I know, I wanted to go this week really badly, but... What's going on? Couldn't really secure ducats. And you know what? I'm I'm going to Memphis game. I'm going to go to the LSU game so I can miss one week. Okay. We'll see what Gabe thinks about that. The Colonel, presented by James Carlton. CarltonInsurance.net is uh, with us now for his Friday appearance on uh, 101 ESPN. Morning, Colonel. Hey, Tim. What, what would your reaction be if Missouri ran out of the tunnel and they actually played uh, that song? I would wet myself. For real. I think yeah. I might, too. I, I would write my entire column about that. I would not even watch the game. <laughs> oh, I would truly be the happiest kid in town. You know what would make me the, the, the happiest kid in town? Is if you decided to bring back phone calls for the postgame show on PowerMizzou.com. Can that happen? Can any amount of money make that happen? Uh, it's not really about money. It's about the technology and the ease of handling it. Uh, so probably not. Oh, yes, man. I would beg. But if, if you are, if you're interested in sponsoring the phone calls, we can. We nice. Can have <laughs> Maybe it's, then I could win some Missouri fans over. 10,000 an episode. Oh God. That seems like a good deal. I'll talk, with my, uh, I'll talk with my guy about it. Colonel, this is the one, I mean, is this, is, would you agree that this is the biggest game for Eli Drinkwitz in his tenure at uh, Missouri? At least so far, All yeah. Right. I mean, I, I just I don't see how they can get to eight wins if they don't win this game. And I, I think eight is like the kind of the the line of it moves the needle. I mean, seven and five is a step forward, I guess, and it's an improvement over last year. But I don't know that it gets people extremely excited and you know fired up necessarily about the future. Eight and four would, and I think to get to eight and four, you've got to win this. If they are going to win this, what are they going to have to do that they haven't done so far in the two kind of grapefruit league games that they've played against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee? 
Uh, outside of play well? Yeah. <laughs> Colonel's keys to the game. Play well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, they've got to play clearly the, the best game they've played so far. Um, I just have a hard time seeing how Missouri wins this game if it gets much over 24 points because they've only, they haven't scored 30 against a power five team. You know, it, they didn't all of last year. They probably did the year before. I, I can't remember, but I assume they did at some point. Uh, but they just, don't tend to score much in these games. And it, we kind of went through all the different positions and matchups in this game. And honestly, I, I don't really know which one favors Missouri. I, I, I mean, I think they've got to score somewhere other than offensively, which is tough against Kansas State. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They haven't given up a special teams touchdown in five years, and they've scored 10 of their own in that time. So, you know, that the area where you're looking and going, hey, you can steal some points. I don't know if this is the team you can steal them again. I uh, I was reading on uh, Power Mizzou where you can read Gabe and uh, Drought Hamilton and uh, Sean Williams and uh, all of the uh, loyal fans on Power Mizzou talking about games and covering the games uh, this morning. And I saw a column written by uh, Landon, uh, Landon Reinhardt uh, talking about uh, the theory from K-State's defensive coordinator, Joe Klanderman that uh, Missouri has not opened up the playbook. He says, one of the hardest things for me is just trying to figure out whose identity they are. Uh, What do they have up their sleeve that maybe they didn't do those first couple of weeks that they'll have? That's for us to solve. I know you and I talked about this, that that becomes a theory that uh, the team has these offensive plays that they haven't unleashed. But the thing is, I mean, that, that Middle Tennessee game got real. And if you did have right. some some dry powder to utilize, you would have utilized it in the fourth quarter last week against Middle Tennessee. So I don't know how much I can latch on to that theory. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think there's there's got to be a couple tricks that they have that we haven't seen, right? I, I mean, I don't think they're going to come out and run the ball twice as much as they throw it tomorrow. If they do there's going to be a lot of people pretty unhappy, especially if it results in a loss. Now, that said, I don't think they're suddenly going, you know, Steve Spurrier fun and gun in this game and and, and just unleashing like an entirely new offense. I think the basics we've seen, but I think there have to be a couple wrinkles in there that, that they haven't shown in, in the first couple games. Uh, Clay Anderman went on to say they may not have had 50-point games, but they're explosive. I mean, they've got some great athletes. They've got a quarterback no. who can run. They've got talent over there and good coaches. So it's a scary, scary group. I agree. They have some athletes. Uh, but this – I mean, that's what coaches say. There is nothing that has shown this Missouri offense to be explosive. Uh, they just – they haven't gotten very many big plays. You know, they uh, they get – They've gotten, I think, one 40-yarder in the run game. Um, But Cody Schrader isn't a guy that runs away from Power 5 defenses. And and in the passing game, I mean, they haven't – they really haven't hit much downfield. So, look, I understand that he's saying what he needs to say. um, But if I'm defending Missouri, I am jamming a bunch of people up at the line and I'm single-covering everybody except Luther Burden and saying – Feel free. I dare you. One of the uh, core issues that had people, including yourself in particular in the second half, but to an extent the first half last week, wondering what's going on offensively is the performance of the offensive line. Uh, What can you tell us about any potential changes and uh, where things stand for the Kansas State game tomorrow? 
Yeah, Eli said after the game, you know, they were definitely going to look at personnel ch- personnel changes. Then when we asked him on Tuesday, he said they've got to open up right guard. Um, Cameron Johnson has been starting. He mentioned him. He mentioned Marcellus Johnson, who's kind of moved all over the place. He's a transfer from Eastern Michigan. They thought he was going to be the right tackle. That didn't work out. And he's played 15 snaps and had two penalties. He mentioned EJ Andoma Ogar, who's a third-year guy in the program, fourth-year overall. Called him a work in progress. That doesn't scream to me that he's going to start. Uh, I mentioned true freshman Logan Riker getting more looks in practice. I can't see that happening. So it's interesting because Eli told us in, in fall camp he thought he had eight or nine guys that could start on the offensive line. They played six. Only and One of them's only played 15 snaps. So I don't know what happened to those other guys. I, I don't know who they are or why they haven't had any opportunity to see the field, especially when – he was very critical of his offensive line last week. Gabe Diarman brought to you by James Carlton every Friday here on Balloon Party and every Monday on TMA. It's carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is my insurance agent. Uh, Colonel, you know I enjoy monitoring the lines. And uh, interestingly enough, this spread got up to K-State minus five and a half. And over the last 24, 48 hours, depending on which book you're looking at, it is now dropped to... K-State minus three and a half. Anything transpiring that can help explain that? I, I mean, I and, and look, I don't really follow it like you do, but I read something that said like 80 to 90 percent of the money from the public is on K-State, but like 60 percent of the money overall is on Missouri, which tells you that like the, the, the sharp money wager a lot of money are betting on Missouri. Um it surprises – like, I haven't talked to anybody who isn't caught off guard by that line. And generally – And then what thinks it's, thinks it's lower than they would have thought? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And generally, when I see something like that, and your first thought is, that doesn't make any sense, well, who knows more, me or Vegas? Generally, Vegas. Because if I knew more, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I would just live off my winnings and, uh, you know. But uh, – I. I don't really get it. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of Missouri fans think it's going to be. But a field goal is – that surprises me. I, uh, I also noticed, listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, one of the darling picks for upsets this week from Stanford Steve, from uh, who else? Heather Dinich on ESPN.com. I feel like there was another one. Bruce uh, Feldman picked Missouri. Yeah, picked or picking or picking Missouri. I, you know, real straightforward. I haven't seen Kansas State play since they played TCU in the Big 12 championship game. I didn't see them against SEMO or Troy, so I don't really know what they're bringing to the table. I, of course, have watched Missouri, um, and I'm just trying to get a gauge on, on where K-State is and why people would be thinking of it, or maybe they just feel like they got to pick an underdog and that one that's the one that we're going to go with i don't know i think that may be part of it there's not very many good games this week like games between i think it's one of like four games between undefeated power five teams um i don't think there's a single ranked versus ranked game so i think a lot of people are going i don't know we got to pick something (laughs) um but you know k-state has outscored simo and troy 87 to 13 now some people are pointing to the Troy game last week was, I want to say, like 21-10 or something like that, late third quarter. Like, Troy hung around. Kansas State didn't put that one away early. But the difference between these two teams is K-State closed their game 
and Missouri didn't. K-State won that game 42-13. Missouri held on and limped across the finish line, and that's a trend with Missouri. They have not closed games well. So that's what leads me to if you are expecting it to be a close game, which I I think it should be. I think it'll be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Like One of these teams has proven to be able to close games out in the fourth quarter, and one hasn't. And so I, I can see picking a close game, but you're really taking a leap of faith saying, I think this is the week Missouri closes one out. I, uh, I want to get your perspective on this, because Eli Drinkwitz, certainly his, uh, I, I think his approval rating amongst hardcore Missouri fans has uh, dropped since this time last Friday, and that's because of what transpired with Middle Tennessee. Certainly a lot of people wanted to see Sam Horn get more opportunity, but I think it was that performance last week that that uh, exacerbated the the concern from some of the hardcore Missouri fans. There, There is only one outcome, I feel like, that can keep things kind of stable status quo for Drinkwitz, in my opinion. Now, if you disagree, please. I mean, you can have one of four outcomes, or you can have four outcomes in a game, of course. Team wins by a little, team loses by a little, team gets blown out, team blows the opponent out. Uh, I think, theoretically, all of those are in play. I suppose the one that would have the least amount of probability would be Missouri blowing out K-State, but hell, who knows? With that all said... um, I feel like this is a pivotal moment for his perception among the fan base in what is a critical year for him. Um, what are your thoughts on on these various scenarios and, and, and how things could look? Let's say if they do get a win and what that does, I think that in, in, excites the fan base. That goes without saying if they win big, that really excites the fan base. and They might be a top 25 team, but if they get blown off the field, what that then does. Your thoughts, sir? I mean, if it looks anything like last year, um, I'm glad I'm leaving town in a little over a week and won't <laughs> read the message board for a little bit. Um, you know, it'll get ugly if, if K-State wins anything close to what, what last year was. Uh, but flip side is, I mean, everything we've talked about can go away by in about 28 hours. Yeah. If Missouri wins this game, I do not care if it's 3-2 to two or 96-7. to seven. Um, It is a win over a top 15 team, you will be 3-0 and in getting votes for the top 25, if not in it. You should be 5-0 and when LSU comes to town. I mean, if he does that, like, all this talk goes away, and, and I'm not saying it assures that he's back next year, but it would certainly point that direction because then you would look at this team and say, well, yeah, I think they're going to find four the rest of the way. I mean, they should get Memphis. They should get Vandy. And then all you got to do is win two of your last seven, and you're seven and five, and and they're not going to fire him going seven and five, you know. So uh, it's it's huge. I mean, for for perception as much as anything. Uh, but this this fan base, I, I mean, it has swung, like you said, in the last week. I I'd say last week it was you know sixty forty. Most Missouri fans still said, hey, I think he's the guy, or I think he has a a good chance to be the guy. And this week, like, there is no pushback from from even the most diehard people who have been in his corner, there has been very little pushback to, hey, there's serious doubt here. So I think it would be their best win, at least since LSU in 2020. And that LSU team, it was more brand-name than than it being a good team. Mm -hmm. You know, but but that was a huge his first season, no doubt. So I I think this would be right up there with that. Final question, and this is more uh, any facts and figures than opinion. Uh, Do you have any information on how tickets are moving for the Memphis game last night? Memphis improving to 3-0 by edging out Navy on Thursday night football last evening. 
Yeah, I don't have anything concrete. Um, a couple people on our message board did say yesterday they've talked to people and like fewer than 30,000 tickets have been sold. Um, I don't know what the Dome holds. Uh, I would assume it's similar to most NFL stadiums, seventy to 80,000. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But um, I, like, I think you're looking at a half-full stadium, to be quite honest. And I just don't like non-Power 5 games as neutral site games. Uh, Missouri played Arkansas State at Arrowhead. There was 37,000. It was kind of depressing. It, it was like, what, what do what's this game doing here? I, I, and that's not a knock on Missouri for, hey, you get the game, you can get there. And it's impo- it was important to, been, to get back in St. Louis. Illinois is not on the schedule for a little bit. You don't want to move a conference game. I understand why they did, uh, did this one. But it's just ideally, you know, play Illinois there. Play Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, Notre Dame. Somebody, somebody that's going to bring some fans, going to get Missouri fans excited because – I don't think the casual fan looks and says, ooh, Mizzou Memphis. I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah. I think they'll go, yeah, I can watch that one on TV. I, I'll sacrifice the two hours and go see LSU or Florida. Play. If, if they were to get blown off the field tomorrow, I can't imagine what that thing's going to look like next week. And then at the same time, if they were to, to win, and like you said, whether it's a one-point win or a 21-point win, then I think people will be like, oh, Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, it's the Dome, but you know, I get a chance Maybe. to see a top 25 team. I think, lo- I think locally, I think in St. Louis, uh, it increases it. I don't know if it increases it to 50,000 people being there, but it at least gets something. Uh, the Colonel can be read at PowerMizzou.com. Are you doing the Post game show tomorrow? Yeah, we're doing the post game show tomorrow. Boy, the enthusiasm um, in your there, voice and, and your responses. No, I, I like the post game show. It's it, it's good. Um, we had we had a bunch of people on last oh, week. I was one um, of them. I was I was I was lying in my bed watching you. How does that make you feel? Um, I felt better about things, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I, I hope you and your, your lovely wife enjoyed it. She, she was like, do you just sit here at 1030 at night and watch your buddy do a show and giggle at the comments? And I go, you know what? I do. That's exactly what I do. I mean, this is, this is excitement after you've been married for a little while. <laughs> hey, here's something that'll be hot. 15 years in, let's watch Gabe on YouTube. Yeah, that was, maybe it was an aphrodisiac, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I'm not going to reveal that. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I'd feel a lot better if she was watching. This <laughs> well, I don't blame you. Colonel, uh, enjoy the festivities tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the coverage on PowerMizzou.com. All right. Hey, am I going to see you guys in St. Louis next week, or is that too far away? You can't get there. Oh, that was a shot at me, Jackson. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm bringing my uh, my six year old. All right. Well, don't come down with uh, with you know pooping cough or anything. Next week. <laughs> we'll we'll hook up. Drop out of this. So your Gabe is slandering me. Thank you, Colonel. All right, guys. Have a good one. There he goes, the Colonel, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency every Friday here on 101 ESPN and every Monday on TMA. We'll take a break, come back with more of the Lil Piddles Angry Beaver Friday Six Shooter here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota.